It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Very much appreciate you joining me. Um, oh dear, lots to talk about today, guys. I mean, it, we, we, we're just back in this territory again, aren't we? Uh, once again, we are being told that, oh, actually it turns out we may not be able to uh, ease lockdown, uh, uh, you know, making that irreversible lockdown, of course, reversible. Not only have we got people on stage and indeed some government sources saying that uh, we may have to backtrack on some of the latest freedoms we've got just yesterday, eating indoors, seeing your family, all these crazy rights that we see, keep demanding us Brits. Um, but also actually not going ahead with the supposedly total easing of lockdown restrictions on June the 21st. And by the way, the people who think we're still not in a version of lockdown, we really, really are. If you're not allowed to go about your normal life, if your business is stopped from actually making a, uh, a profit because you have to have social distancing, you have to wear a mask over your face, you are in a version of lockdown. And I'm sorry that you don't think that. You're quite happy to have those freedoms taken away, but um, the rest of us really aren't. Um, we, we are in a situation, though, where we, the government is in basically the hands of Sage and others who would appear uh, don't want us to uh, move any further in terms of freedom because they say this risk of the Indian variant of coronavirus. But how big a risk is it? And even if it is a big risk, why does that mean that the two thirds of the population now jabbed would be at a higher risk anyway, given that we know we know this variant is affected by the vaccines. Well, let's talk about all of this with the Conservative commentator Benedict Spence, who's joining me all this morning. Good morning to you, Benedict. Good morning, Julia. How um, are you? I'm very well indeed. We should all be sort of, you know, celebrating after a day when we had a lot more freedoms. I think for a lot of people yesterday, though, um, I mean, went to the pub with Mike Graham and Kevin O'Sullivan and had a, had a, had a lovely little time. Um, but um, for a lot of people who've been trying to live as normal life as possible, who, I mean, like me, have been at work for in much of the last year, um, and not planning to just off to Portugal just yet, but very, very jealous of those who are. Good luck to them. Send us photos, please, folks, if you're listening, listening on the app. Um, it's it was, it was kind of another ordinary day. In fact, I, I felt sort of quite tearful looking at sort of grandparents who haven't hugged their grandchildren for the best part of a year and thinking, why on earth not? Why on earth haven't you been doing that? That's just, I mean, the government telling you can't seems to me to be quite absurd. Um what do you make of the concept that, I mean, trying to get our heads around this idea that what we've been working towards from February the 22nd, this June the 21st day, may not actually happen. We may not get all our freedoms back. We may indeed get some of the freedoms we got given yesterday snatched back from us yet again. We may be in local tiers. Um, and to be honest with you, 
we may never be out of this because so many in the population, so many of those advised in the government apparently think we can't accept any risk at all anymore. Yeah, I, I love the smell of the government napalming public goodwill in the morning because I think that's what this is, really. Uh, one of the things that must be said is in the last few weeks, since the sort of the, the vaccine rollout has become very widespread, is something I've noticed living in London is the prevalence of people no longer wearing masks in places where once upon a time they were ubiquitous. And I mean this in on the tube, supermarkets, uh, you know, even really? you know, well, standing around my I've... way, my tube journey home and round my way, mm. my supermarket, everyone is wearing masks. Oh, but I'm in South London, not North London, where we're very, we're not as precious as everybody is in North London. We're quite, you know, we're quite street. We're quite I mean, it is a Waitrose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a Waitrose, really. Um, good Lord, That's a, that is nice. Um, but uh, no, I, I have noticed it. It's not the majority, but it's a significant minority. And it's significant enough for you to sit up and take note, but also for you to take note of the fact that people aren't shouting at people who aren't wearing masks anymore. There's none of that sort That's of thing anymore. That's very true. And I do think that even the people who are you know, who are still being very cautious. I do genuinely believe that this time is different. We've said that every time, but this time does feel a little bit different. And it's because people have had the vaccines. And I think if you sit there and you say to people, okay, well, this this Indian variant, uh, science suggests it doesn't, you know, it's not any more uh, adverse to the vaccines. It it doesn't overcome them any more than any of the other variants does. Oh, but there are lots of other things that might make it more dangerous. People are going to sit there and they are going to say, well, number one, I've had the vaccine. Yep. Most people I know have had the vaccine. And if you haven't had the vaccine yet, but you've been offered it, that is your choice. And I do genuinely think that most people will actually say at this point, do you know what? No, I'm not prepared to, yep. to go back to this. Um, that's exactly where I am. And I mean, we know that this, I mean, the Indian variant is an issue. It's been brought in from India, obviously. It's actually around the world. We're now told that it is now possibly going to become the dominant uh, uh, variant. But if you look at the statistics, and again, this is the thing, this stuff is not hard to find. You look at if, you, if you're not on this website on a daily basis, I don't know why you're not. Our World in Data, COVID, just put that into Google. It is the most amazing website. We've been looking at it for months and months and then, where you can actually just put in any country. You can put in, you know, tests per person, um, uh, cases per person, seven-day rolling average, cumulative, log scale, linear scale. Um, you can compare countries. You can see what's happening. You can see, I mean, I, I, we're using it a lot in my family for countries that are likely to go on the green list. List. And it's like okay, so their vaccine rollout's pretty good, and their you know, and their and their and what their line on their line on this is going down as well. So, um, but but we you know, so you can get that information. You look at it. India has has already got its cases going down. I mean, it, the deaths are going down. The cases are going down. They they, they so they're very very clear. It went up and it's come down again. Now, mm. people say, oh well, there's not testing as many people. They've been overwhelmed. No, no, they are testing just as many people. And and the number of tests per person, you know, so per test per, per case and things is is not changing. It is it is going down. Um, we know that the vaccine works on this variant. We can see the data in in India and in other countries, and we can see it here in the UK. The people who are in hospital with COVID right now in those hotspots where the variant is prevalent. Those people are people who were offered a, va- a vaccine, so they're probably, let's face it, over 50 and have chosen not to take it. Mm. Well, I'm sorry. Now, if uh, it, it is it is largely, let's be honest, we all know the case. We know that we're looking at 95% take up from um, across the population. Virtually everybody uh, from the for the majority white communities are, are taking the vaccine. We have seen we've something much lower in sort of around sort of eighty ish percent, seventy eight percent in Asian communities, and it does differ in different communities, obviously. Uh, and in and in black communities, we're looking at something like sixty five percent. It's a very very big issue. 
other than sending in, you know, people to educate, to help, whether it's in local churches or mosques or, 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 or temples or whatever it is, um, and, and trying to push those campaigns and making sure that you're, you're, you're leafleting in, in, um, in, in languages perhaps uh, uh, more likely to be spoken at home in some of those communities. Other than doing that, frankly, I'm not sure what else everyone else is supposed to do. The people who got vaccinated did their bit, either for themselves mm. or for the wider community. And I, I'm with you. I'm just sort of like, you know, if people if people are going to be offered a vaccine, refuse to take it, and then they get ill and die, I'm very mm. sorry that they're going to get ill and die. And I'm very sorry for them and their families. But I'm not quite sure what the hell it's got to do with me and everyone else's freedom in this country. Simple as well, that. Absolutely. We, we've been pushing the point for ever so long about personal liberty, about not making people get the vaccine if they don't want to. We, we've yeah. championed those people's rights not to if they don't want to. But that is because it is about your personal decision. I mean, something that I saw somebody put the other day, you know, really did worry me uh, on the subject of ethnic minorities, uh, there being a lower take up of the vaccine amongst vulnerable people in ethnic minority communities, was that the government would be very worried about the optics of this. The government would be accused if lots of ethnic minority people started dying, yeah. uh, that there'd be the, you know, the usual sort of, oh, it's racist, the government's response is racist, you know, and it's not fair, this is a racist country because more people die. Yeah. And you have to say, no, actually, this is all about personal responsibility. Yeah. Migrant communities come to this country because it gives you more freedom, it gives you more opportunities. With that, comes, you know, sort of that personal responsibility to take control of your own life. And, you know, you, you do, I do think you're right, actually. There should be a specific effort on, you know, different languages, different communities. You know, we, we know where lots of communities, especially in London, uh, tend to centre around. It's not too difficult to go out and seek those people. We know roughly where their communities mm. congregate. Uh, you know, we have interpreters. There shouldn't be any problem with that. And we've but had some amazing so campaigns by you know some you know people that are leading figures uh, in the black community and in Asian mm. communities doing videos, getting stuff online, getting that message across, sort of because there's lots of issues of trust. But I mean, this is the thing: when David Cameron was talking about, gosh, would have been about five plus years ago now, talking about this sort of failure to assimilate and how it's absolutely vital that we need um, ethnic minority communities and immigrant communities to be assimilated to uh, to, to mainstream uh, Britain, um, to established communities in Britain. Um, um, and, and so that we do not have these sort of completely sort of societies running effectively alongside separate communities, um, that, that this was an issue and this needed to be tackled. Well, yeah. Do you think? I mean, I mean, this is the thing. We, I mean, I think this is I, I think there is a genuine, really, really big risk if we've got a lot of people. And again, by the way, from all different communities who've had the vaccine, who want to get their freedoms back. Where if there are a group of people who are refusing to take the vaccine, which they're totally entitled to do, and I would defend their right forever to do that. But they're not allowed to hold everyone else back. What do you think of Lord Lloyd Webber? Andrew Lloyd Webber has said that refusing the vaccine is selfish um, and and also comparing them to drink drivers. <laughs> it is only selfish if you're going along with the idea that society must slow down to keep pace with those people. That's the only way that you can look at it as selfish. Yeah. It is, I mean, it is, I suppose, technically selfish. It is you, yourself, making the decision based on what you want. So I suppose it's technically I mean, correct, you are, going, you are of... even if you don't get the vaccine, you are going to benefit from other people mm. getting the vaccine. And there is a small risk, as there is with every, you know, you take paracetamol, there's a small risk. I think the risk personally is, is well worth it, certainly for adults, certainly for someone of mm. my age in my 50s. Um, but there, there is also the issue of a duty of care that those of us who are healthy have to others who are more vulnerable. One of the reasons, you know, okay, my, my daughter could not get MMR'd, but everyone else gets MMR'd. She doesn't have to get MMR'd, but then she gets all the benefit. Well, no, there are children who can't get MMR'd and therefore you, you have a duty of care. You all, you share the risk out. Among, that, that's just, that's what societal living is about. Again, it shouldn't be compulsory, but in my view, there's a, there's a, there is a, a moral civic duty there. 
Mm. Um, I don't think that children have a duty to people in another age bracket, though. I mean, I don't think children have a duty to protect people in their 70s. Sorry, that 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 I'm not not in favour of. Um, but but I do think there is a there is an issue where you've got people who for whom who take the vaccine or who can't take the vaccine because of illness, um, but who take the vaccine, the vaccine doesn't work. Now, there is there is a different moral issue there. I think there's a duty of care with people like me who are healthy to take the vaccine for, to help those people. However, um, those people may not be helped either way, in which case, I mean, the, I suppose the advice would be, well, you know, let's give everyone antibody tests. And if the vaccine hasn't worked on you, you'll know it hasn't worked on you. You'll need to take extra care. But again, still not sure why the 90 percent of the population when it does work should have to have their lives curtailed because of you. The whole the whole foundation, I think, of British society, as we understand it, is meant to be based on trust, not on state coercion. That's yeah. what separates us from pretty much every other nation on we Earth. Used with you. So, it used, yeah, used to. It used to. So, yes, absolutely. But that is the idea. And we don't actually want to encourage the erosion of that trust. So actually, where opportunities arise for us to rebuild public trust, such as a voluntary va mass vaccination programme, we should absolutely take it. And we should, you know... I, I don't want to be I don't want to see this sort of interrogation of people who don't want to take it. If you don't want to take it, yeah. maybe you have a medical reason. Maybe you just don't agree with it. That's your no, choice. Mostly that it's people who go, oh, I don't want to put something I don't know what it is in my arm. That, that's I mean, and people, you know, usually I always think maybe you could do some more research. But <laughs> mm. yeah, it's uh, I, th this is the thing. You know, it, it is ultimately it all comes down to personal choice. This is what all of us have been advocating for. And you know what, if those are your choices, and we can try to persuade you otherwise, but it's the point at which it becomes, well, if you don't do it, then the whole of society is going to have to, you know, stay behind after class, so <laughs> yeah. to speak, until you've done it. The, suddenly you begin to go, well, well, hang on, no, that's collective punishment, and that's not fair, and nobody is going to, nobody's going to be on board with that if most people, 95% of the people, have had the vaccine. You say nobody, there seems to be a very large, large proportion of this country who absolutely love lockdown, and they terrify oh. the living daylights out of me, those people. Uh, 6.47 is time. We'll go through all the front pages and talk about some of the other stories because, oh, Harry and Meghan are invading their privacy once again. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up. This is Talk Radio. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.